All right, it's good to be here for another episode of Ignite Cast. I'm Judd Wilson with the Community Development Foundation. And I'm Rory Tyre with Go Innovation. We are so glad to be here again. We got a, a great group of guests. We actually have two here with us today, Rory. We have Josh West and Nick Weaver with Blue Delta Jeans Company. So, first off, guys, just tell us a little bit about your company and um, how you got started, and we'll kind of go from there. Sure. Um, Blue Delta is a bespoke denim company. We make custom jeans uh, in Tupelo, Mississippi and ship them all over the world. Um, We started in 2012 um, and uh, we've made jeans for uh, a lot of different sectors. We've got wholesale uh, accounts. Um, We do a lot of artists and athletes, um, but we um, make everything here in Mississippi. Good. What he said? Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's easy. (laughs) So you're here together. Um, Talk a little bit about when you formed the company, how y'all teamed up together, your past, maybe kind of your relationship of uh, you just didn't call Nick up and say, hey, I want to start making jeans. But uh, tell us us kind of when your relationship. Is that what happened? Yeah, that's kind of how that happened. (laughs) Oh, that's easy. Um, Josh and me have quite been, the business plan, Josh. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, Josh and me have been grade school friends, and uh, we actually uh, got to sit be, uh, be, uh, beside each other in a lot of classes, West and Weaver. Uh, so, a lot of teachers at South Pontotoc High School did the alphabetical uh, seating chart. So, I, I knew he wasn't that great of a student in high school, uh, but he turned things around in college, and I kind of went the other way. So, uh, but uh, we stayed close. Um, and uh, we uh, we both d- d- dove early into careers and were successful in other fields. And we realized that, hey, uh, I know this guy from a long time ago, and he actually you know can do something with his life. I feel like that was square one. Um, and then uh, he actually gave me a call, probably what fall of '09 or 10? ten. Ten. Fall of ten. The fall of. 2010, uh, Josh called me. You, you're coming back from Jackson, uh, and he said, "Hey, um, uh, I want to start a custom blue jean company." <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, you know, definitely out of left field. Definitely caught me off guard, and uh, and then I'll let him explain kind of how that uh, pretty little bald head came up with this. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I first of all, I called Nick because where we we're, you know friends for since fifth grade and trusted him knew him but mainly because he's the best salesperson i know and i'm i'm a process guy i'm not a out in front of you salesperson i'm a sneaky salesperson nick brings energy to the project and that's what a startup needs but i was in economic development i was working at three rivers planning and development district and serving local industry and recruiting and just noticed a talent pool of Uh, sewing in this area that when you look around the country, not a lot of people have, you know, it only takes a generation for that talent to go away. And so um, we, because of furniture after garment left the South, um, our sewing talent stayed intact because of the furniture industry primarily. And I noticed that and I thought that they were being underutilized in their current role. Um, Still a lot of furniture sewing out there, but um, a lot of these, um, talented tailors could do uh, garment and sewing furniture and sewing garments completely different. And so I had that idea and then I um, looked around and and saw that there wasn't um, anyone in the U.S. doing custom denim to scale. A couple of people doing um, 
mom and pop shops, New York, California, Boston, um, but no volume whatsoever. Had to go to the shop to get measured. Um, just, just kind of a primitive way of doing things. And uh, you see it being done with suits and dresses and other fashion items. And so that's what gave me the idea to start Blue Delta Jean Company. So the talent pool and then uh, just the, the the need and the desire for custom, more custom product. And and that that's how I started, called Nick. And, and it, it wasn't much of a business plan. Um, it was an idea. But um, after we did develop the plan, we really haven't strayed far from the plan since we started. So looking back, you said that you were uh, friends in actually in the fifth grade, Pontotoc, Mississippi. Um, so when you look back at those times in Pontotoc, what are some leaders that, that kind of helped mold y'all? I know they set y'all together and you kind of formed that friendship, <laughs> but, but who instilled those values in you there in Pontotoc to kind of help you even today? We, we would probably say the exact same person, and I don't even have to ask him that is Mr. B- Benny Michaels. Uh, he is still a teacher at Lafayette County, but he was the first uh, teacher, I would say, um, uh, that that looked at us, grabbed us, and said, "Hey guys, y- y- y'all can be somebody. Like you don't have to, you know, stick around here. You don't have to do what your dad did. You know, not that there's anything wrong with sticking around, you know, around here and uh, doing, you know, and doing what our dads did. But uh, you know, he was the one that that uh, that pushed probably both of us to actually get a college education. Yeah, Ben Michael, and in the unique thing is our story is not unique to him, for him mm-hmm. um, there's so many students that can say that about him um, but there was a group of us that really could have went either way <laughs> um, <laughs> we weren't great students but we had a lot of fun and he really grabbed us up and said hey you guys are too smart to act like this you can go to a four year university you can do whatever you want to do um, and not only said it but believed it and that's why we still have coffee with Mr. Michael three times a year he's been to the factory still a cool guy but like I said our story's not unique he does that and has done that for numerous students and there's a lot of teachers from co- from kindergarten to college that mean a lot to me but by far uh, he's been the most uh, influential in my life Josh, um, you were economic development. Nick, what what were you doing before you got the phone call from Nick? Uh, I was working uh, for a software uh, startup. So I kind of cut my teeth on growing the business development. Uh, uh, Doesn't matter what your job title is. You know, Mm -hmm. if it needs to be done, then people need to get it done. You know, so, you know, that was very uh, advantageous to to work for a startup and be a part of a company that, you know, grew fast. And um, and uh, well, I was able to take some of those skills and apply it over to what, you know, Blue Delta was doing currently. Right. And you and you saw that with companies working in economic development, too, Josh. But why do you think it's important for when, if you're talking about an entrepreneur or even a startup? I mean, you got to look to leaders. You got to look at those examples, but you also got to look with inside. I mean, kind of tell us the mindset of an entrepreneur that you and that, that drives is, you. Uh, uh, being an entrepreneur, it is hard to tell who you should listen to. Because when you're starting up, everybody's going to tell you you're crazy. You know, we were trying to sell uh, sell Blue Delta stock for for uh, for pennies on the dollars. We were trading them like baseball cards <laughs> in the beginning. 
uh, just trying to raise some early startup capital, uh, capital, and uh, th- thankfully some of those r- r- raises didn't go good. You know, because we were able to, you know, hold on to, to the ownership. But, uh, you, you know, some people are going to give you good advice. You know, there's some people that you should listen to. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't listen to anybody that that has never done it before, because it is definitely uh, it is a unique experience, you know, um, and uh, planning is not always the best thing. You got to be able to react to different things. Yeah, and that's kind of what we've always talked about. Is you know we have a, we call it a map rather than a plan because we know where we want to go, and we have a really good idea of how to get there um, or how we want to get there. But uh, there's going to be a detour. There, the, a bridge is going to be out, uh, i.e., coronavirus. A bridge is going to be out on yeah. your path at some point. So you're going to have to take some detours, and so. Um, you know, don't just, we just didn't go into it with no plan, but we, we have to be mm. flexible and be able, um, to react, um, mm. pretty quickly in you today's guys, environment. You guys didn't have COVID-19 pandemic in your 2020, 2020 business plan? 2020 was nowhere on the books. Um, it was. I'm shocked. Shocked. <laughs> But tell us a little bit about that transition. We are, uh, you mentioned coronavirus and COVID-19. We're learning new phrases like six feet apart, uh, social distancing. Um, you know, uh, that's all that's new to us Southerners because we like to shake hands and kind of hug. My wife's enjoyed the six feet. I don't know why, but anyway. <laughs> um, but um, but that, that came. And, and so your business, as you mentioned, uh, I mean, you have to travel. You have to kind of do those things and, and kind of get out there. And then, you know, you, you had these masks now that you're making. So kind of tell us a little bit about that detour and that transition you went through. So, so let's talk about where we were, um, um, you know, uh, physically and uh, from a perspective as a company. You know, one thing that has been big for our company has been the corporate gifting. You know, we were we were the Arnold Palmer Invitational's gift this year. We were TPC's Sawgrass gift this year. We are the official Ryder Cup gene for Team USA 2020. Uh, we have done these big giftings for companies like Tito's and Windstar Casino out of Oklahoma, uh, San Manuel a Casino out of Ontario, California. So we have created these these products. You know, we only make one product currently. You know, it's a blue jean. But the way we've been able to package it, it, it involved a lot of traveling from Major League Baseball teams to, uh, you know, a couple of quarterbacks in NFL, you know, brought us further Christmas presents the last years. You know, uh, so travel and this gifting was a big part. So when, you know, travel and golf courses and casinos get closed, that's a big deal, you know. Thankfully, uh, we do have a good team of uh, of uh, you know sharp sh- sharp people that were able to help us pivot fast and uh, actually build a bridge for when we can all get open and uh, get back going. Um, so when so when we got the news uh, that the you know, quote unquote, COVID was hitting. Uh, I was actually in spring training. Uh, my last team I did was the Chicago Cubs. I was in Arizona, and you were at. Oh, TP- 
and um, and our other partner Tyler was in Austin, Texas. Um, he, uh, his father, uh, his sister, and brother-in-law are all medical doctors in Texas. Uh, so he, so he had a unique. Pr- pr- perspective on this as well well when they shut everything down and closed everything you know we're obviously getting on the calls um tyler's first reaction was uh, to call us and make sure that we could still get our vendors you know still get fabric and buttons and you know we thought he was overreacting a little bit and like hey you know we'll be able to get denim from georgia i mean it's you know it's five hours away you know um but uh, you know as you know you guys you know saw and the world seen, you know, everything turned off pretty fast. So us making those early moves strategic were, you know, um, were, uh, were a vital for the, the, uh, sustainability of Blue Delta through this and afterwards. Yeah. We're, we're just now seeing gene cells get back to what I would say is a respectable number. It's been, uh, slow, but it's good to see a steady improvement month by month. Um, so hopefully, we're hoping by the end of the year we're back to normal, but certainly not there yet. So there was a several weeks uh, where uh, gene cells just plummeted. Mo- like you mentioned, Jeff, most of our sales are event-based. And so if you can't travel and people aren't getting together, you can't sell your gene in 60% of our business. So we, we did um, decided to completely pivot and reconfigure our factory to make uh, PPE, masks and gowns. And... Um, brought our design team in and said hey here's what we have let's get a prototype made um and you know we've been able to tell the story a couple of times and it gives me a chance to really brag on mississippi i don't think we could have done this as fast anywhere else we took a a furniture supplier making fabric for furniture and and shifted their production to ppe with a filtration system um to get the volume of fabric during that time was impossible to import. We were making it literally next door to our factory. Um, the nose pieces on a mask that the little stuff people don't think about, the nose pieces on a mask um, that come from China, couldn't get them. Um, Gary Cooper out of New Albany, Machine Works, built a machine to make them. Um, and then Mississippi State University got us into a lab within a, within a day's notice to test our mask to make sure we could get the numbers we needed to be able to sell to the larger healthcare organizations. So we were able to make a social media post and asking for help. And within 96 hours, we were able to source material, test the fabric, um, retool our entire factory and have a place for millions of masks to to go once we sold them so it was uh it was a pretty bang bang uh and and so it it, i mean not only did it we did it for two reasons keep our people employed we did not want to send our team home And, and number two obviously to help i mean there was a critical need for ppe and um that's what the, it was more about the mission because i mean it's not like you're making money off masks like you are jeans I mean, no no it, it's it's when, yeah yeah and when we made that social media post or what we found was information on you know how to make a better mask but what we found was the need 
that that Sunday we were talking about using 25% of our labor, but by Monday it was a hundred percent of our labor was going to go towards it. I got voicemails from, from, uh, doctors from Queens. I mean, horrific, you know, emails from, you know, from everywhere, you know? Uh, so it was, uh, it was very eye opening because, you know, being in North Mississippi early March, things really hadn't come. You, you know, you're watching the news, but, but it ain't real yet. This, this it made scary. it real fast. Yeah. And, and thankfully, I mean, we're definitely out of the woods, but thankfully it looks like the supplies normalize some, but we're still making masks every day. Um, we, we've made over a million masks thus far. Um, and, and what we've been able to do, we, we had to eventually start making jeans again. Um, so we've, brought our gene sewers out of the the mask section and we've hired more people and we got more people in the factory today than we did pre-COVID-19 wow which is just remarkable and something we never saw coming so it's uh you know we talked about reacting earlier and we never could have planned for that but when you have really good people and everybody's ready to work together we were able to to bridge the gap so you talked about partnerships how that's important I mean, you're working with somebody out of New Albany, retooling something. I also remember at the press conference with the governor, what was the Mississippi, I don't remember the name of the company, but something with the uh, prison supply. Yeah, yeah. One of our, so we realized really quickly that we couldn't supply the demand. Um, and But we had the, the right fabrics and the right suppliers. And so we started partnering with furniture companies around us that were also shut down and uh, the Mississippi Prison Industry Corporation, um, which is a great mission, great focus. Um, and so we had uh, Reed Manufacturing, Styline Furniture, MPIC. I mean, we had several people uh, working with us as subcontractors and those people have went on to get their own contracts with masking gowns. So, um, you know, it was a Definitely not only a public-private partnership, but a private-private partnership, and it had to be mm-hmm. if it was going to work. Yeah. So you said earlier you couldn't imagine having done this elsewhere than Mississippi. What's the uniqueness that drives that thought for you? You know, I think it's we say ease of doing business, and that sounds like a platitude, but I think it's everyone um, that I come in contact with, at least in this part of the state, seems to understand the need for economic development. They get it. They know what it's done over the last 40 years to North Mississippi, for North Mississippi. And they've seen people like CDF, people like TVA, MDA be successful. Um, and so business leaders, just like the the guys that I'm calling for these supplies, um, they're ready to help. And just like the state of Mississippi were, were buying from us and then said, hey, uh, if you guys need help, MPIC has capacity down here in the Delta and in Jackson. And so just being focused on economic development makes it easier to do business, in my opinion. I feel like in some states, and I'm getting into my ED hat on because I did that for so long, it, it, you almost get penalized for being in business. And in Mississippi, uh, it, if you, it, it's the complete opposite. And we were able to get Mississippi State to open their doors to test a fabric during during a global pandemic within 24 hours. You know, I don't think that happens in a lot of other states. Or uh, I called the Entrepreneur Center uh, there, talked to my friends there, and within an hour, the VP of research called me back. And then the next day, Dr. Charlie Wagoner, who runs the, the lab, was there helping me. I mean, you just 
you're not going to get that kind of response in a in some places. And we're yeah. Mississippi is a small state, but I think it's has some powerful resources and talents that mm-hmm. that just mm-hmm. go unnoticed. Let me let me ask y'all this because it kind of hits on this. Y'all are very successful. You're selling jeans to every baseball team and all these football players, hockey players for those in Mississippi. Those They're actually on ice playing with this black thing called a puck. So they sell to those guys, too. Um, you could be anywhere. I mean, you're. we don't have an NFL team. We don't have a Major League Baseball team. We don't have a hockey team. Why here and not somewhere else when you're talking about jeans? I don't think you could do the gene, uh, build the gene company that we built many places in the U.S. But that's not the reason we're here. It, we're here because we want to live here. And I, you know, I always say work's an important part of life. It's not life. This is where we want to live. This is where I want to raise my family. This is where I grew up. And so it was a conscious choice. Having said that, it works well with the business side of things. I don't think we could do this in many places, mainly because of the talent pool that we have here. But that's my answer is I, I want to do something I want to do, work where I want to work, but but it's more important to live where you want to live. And, and that's why I think we're here. Nick? The North of Mississippi is a great place, you know, um, to to raise a family and, and start a business. Me and Josh have talked about this several times. Uh, it is an entrepreneur uh you know uh, uh, that uh, that is a great place to to uh, be an entrepreneur because the workforce is you know the you know great workforce not a high cost of living and you can move fast here and you don't need a lot of money to start things you know that's that's one thing i can appreciate being, being from mississippi you, you, you can work hard and go where you want to go and Nick and I, this probably has something to do with us getting older and more grumpy. But when we travel now, we just, we're so ready to get back home. And we have to travel a lot. But we'll be going to New York to a fashion event. Ten years ago, we had been so excited. Hey, we're just landing. Uh-huh. We're just like, gosh, I'm ready to get back on that it's plane. Like, it's little things like paying for parking. Yeah. In a city like or New York or Chicago. Just trying to find parking. Uh-huh. Like, man, I love parking where I'm People going. People don't know having to budget an extra, like, 45 minutes on the front end of wherever you're going just to find a spot to park. We always say that Mississippi traffic is when you make me take off my, my uh, cruise control. And, look, I'm mad about it. <laughs> like, if you don't get over to the right lane, I am genuinely angry That lunch you. rush on North Blosser, that's about <laughs> it. That's right. Yeah, it's, yeah but we, we get to travel to some neat places, but it's always good to, to get back home. So I'm interested to ask you guys about, um, like from a leadership perspective, decision-making. So I, I've heard a lot of people give the advice, hey, don't go into business with someone else. Go into business for yourself because partnership is difficult. I've heard people say, don't go into business with your friends. You guys obviously had known each other before you went into business together. So what does decision-making look like on a day-to-day basis? So Nick and I do a lot of different things together. And um, I think I encourage entrepreneurs to find a partner. But finding the right partner is critical. And think of it like you're going into a marriage. Because if you do it the right way, you're going to have to have the same trust levels of, of any, anything else. Now, luckily, we don't have to live together. We can do th- we, we're completely different. Our personal lives look completely different. But, um, you know, one thing that we've been able to do, Nick and I agree on 95% of what we do. But de- projects that we do, we always have a tiebreaker. And so it's important to know who's the tiebreaker on what. Um, now, for Blue Delta, um, you know, if Nick 
Nick does this uh, most of our sales, um, and I'm more of the manufacturing product design guy. Um, so I'm going to obviously listen to him on sales. Um, but if there's a, t- a tie to be broken, I'm going to break that tie. If if we're working on a technology product, Nick's that's Nick's world. He's a managing partner on that, and and he runs the ship. And if he if, if there's a tie, there's a tie. And we uh, yeah. And let me try and boil that down is that me and Josh say the world very differently, but we have the same vision when it comes to business. But uh, if he is very adamant about something, we are very, or, or, you know, me very adamant about, you know, a decision that needs to be made. We are very good at staying in our lanes. There is nobody that desires to have their name out front. We actually fight over who is going to do something instead of, uh, you, you know, uh, who is going to be in the background more than who's going to be in the front. You know, so it's been a, you know, very good partnership. There's not a lot of disagreements. And if we get loud over something, it is, uh, it you know, we're going to make the best decision for the project and that makes it easy to make the decision. And we usually, uh, we, we always say at the end of the day, what's, what's the best thing for the company? And if you really both think about that, 99% of the time you're going to come up with the same answer. Sometimes you don't, and we don't agree on everything. Um, but I think that's what makes for a better product because you hash it out and the best answer wins. Um, but I, I could not have done it without uh, a partner. I mean, I, there's no way Blue Delta, it would exist. We'd be making really good jeans, but no one would have them. And if Nick <laughs> did it, everybody would have them and they'd be falling apart. So you've got to have both in. So you guys, I remember you talking about, you've explored other kinds of products before and none of them have really stuck. So I'm interested, like if there was a, a clothing or like a some kind of a product that you could see yourself making and you knew it was going to be successful, like, let's say you could just choose. What else would you make? Clothing related? <laughs> well, have you been reading my emails? <laughs> <laughs> this is weird, bro. Not yet. <laughs> um, no. You know, one thing that we uh, have always been very, very consistent about is that we are, you know, we are a jean maker and we, we make the, you know, best damn jeans, yep. you know, that we can. Um you, you know, if we are to do something, those qualities of Blue Delta, quality made here, made right, you know, those have got to transition with the next product. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm talking and not answering your question, as you can see. It's crazy that you're asking that question because we've been having these talks. Uh, we had a lot of time during COVID. So a lot of people, I mean, that's part of why I think a lot of people, have, I mean, I'm thinking like incredible socks or like. You know, what's that underwear, pair of thieves? You ever worn pair of thieves underwear? No. I have Target. That's right. They're for real. They are for real. Uh, Once you wear it, you know. I won't get into the description. (laughs) So the... I want to keep the G rating. Or, you know, or like, because I think you guys told me you tried, um, was it a... It's it's bag. bag. So here's the thing. The problem that we have when we start to introduce a new product is we know how to make jeans really well. We don't know how to make anything else. That will mask. We figured that out pretty quick. Yeah. But uh, when we've not had success when we were relying on a third party. It just changes the game. We built Blue Delta to create the value 
and that gives us complete control. So if Judd needs his gene tomorrow because he's meeting someone important and he's going to tell him about our genes, I'm going to make sure he has that gene tomorrow. No matter how great your partner is, I can't I can't have that kind of control if I'm buying it from somebody else. So I think whatever we do, we agree that I think Blue Delta has a brand name that we want to build upon. We just have to, to decide what that next thing is and, and how to build it here with with our team because that has been the success i think that's what makes blue delta successful is we have completely control we have complete control of the quality of the product the speed of the product what it's made with and not a lot of apparel producers in the u.s can say that even if they're made in the u.s they're paying a third party to make and it. one thing that we you know are very very reluctant is that everybody can wear denim you know, from, you know, most clothing, uh, you know, if you look at our clients, they probably don't share a lot of clothing. I don't think that John Calipari and Nicole Kidman share a lot in their closet. Now, I could be wrong, you know, and that's one thing that we want to make sure that we don't put our put put our clients you in know, a box at, yeah in a box yeah. and say hey if you, you've got to wear flannel. If I say vineyard you know, vines, you know exactly what that person dresses like. But if I say Blue Delta, it's like Nick said, a lot of different people, men, women, can wear our jeans. If I if if we show make shirts that put it in a particular style category, I think we're limiting our buyer experience. But 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 let me back up and actually answer your question. Uh, we look to Blue Delta in the next six to twelve months to maybe uh, you know try some new stuff, whether it be small runs, you know, of fifty bags or fifty blue jean jackets that are made by a special fabric, whatever it might be. But there are some new things that are coming out of the pipeline. Touchless measuring. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you would have no problem even like crowdfunding. A prototype or something like that where people recognize they're not getting the finished other side they're they're helping you experiment i feel like you guys have built up that kind of trust in your customer base well we like the idea of scarcity so if we get a good partner with a leather bag or whatever abc product and, and let's let's make a hundred of them blue delta edition test it see if our customers buy into it and like it speaking of scarcity that makes me think of something else i've heard you guys say where you mentioned um a lot of your customers, they don't want to see you on billboards. And I thought that was really interesting, building up the kind of reputation as an organization or as a company where you don't have to go out begging for people to care about you, to know the momentum just sort of carries itself. And I've been thinking about that. I've wondered, like, when do you get to a point where you decide we may actually want to try to be on a billboard? Like, what would the billboard be for you, I guess? Probably web, web-generated web ads. Yeah. Um, and, you know... When you scroll through Instagram, you're getting inundated by whether it's Tecovis, Howler Brothers. I'm talking about people that target me. You may have a different target base. Blue Delta will eventually be one of those. It it hurts my head to and heart to say that, but that's our that's our billboard. Yeah, and we feel like we haven't really tapped the blue jean model yet. You know, we have ten thousand clients, which is great. You know, yeah. 
Pontotoc uh, County. Yeah, yeah, and, and we feel like that there's just a lot of room to grow. We are we are working on a technology. Uh, it is the touchless tailor where you'll actually be able to get measured by your cell phone, uh, and we feel like that is really going to be a, a big growth. So, uh, so I think we'll have a pretty good pipeline of blue jeans. And that, Nick, and that pains me because you measure my jeans. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it seems like only yesterday. <laughs> the memory lives on. In yes, it does. Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> I think that's when Nick wanted to do go touchless, actually. Right, right. You were the impetus for yeah. the touchless tape. Yeah, after oh, I saw that wife no. beater in that underwear. That's right. You know, that's too. right. Oh, no. Uh, I knew then I should have stayed in school a little longer. <laughs> a little longer. So tell us a little bit about, I mean, you kind of touched on a little bit, but, you know, I— Really hearing about the mask and transitioning is a, is a is a big part of learning. But sometimes we learn a lot from our failures. Uh, what are some failures that you've looked back on and said, "Man, this is why we do what we do because that happened back there." Well, one I touched on earlier was trying to get a third party to make some of your products. Um, works for some people, doesn't work in the custom world, in my opinion, and it's. Um, it's hard when you're you build up that trust level of the customer and then and then you can't deliver on a product and you don't have any control over that. That was a, that was a tough lesson to learn. Luckily, it was early on. Yes, yeah, no, no doubt. <laughs> um, one of the failures, in you know the you know first four years were almost a failure. <laughs> you know it was uh, it was a lot of um, you know trial and error. You know. Josh and me were, were, you know, funding the company um, with, you know, other ventures and other jobs. You know, the, you know, the company wasn't, you know, necessarily producing a, a, a profit. But what we learned, you know, from then was that if we do control the manufacturing and if we got our right team, that we can really do anything. You know, we went from making, you know, um, you know, five jeans a week till making, you know, 80 jeans a day, you know, and when you can, uh, and when you have over, uh, with all our options that we offer, you, you can make over 400,000 different products. And then we overlay it on top of a custom pattern, what could go wrong. So those failures of, you know, jeans not fitting, you know, starting off small, those, those are what made us strong enough where now if we sold a thousand jeans in a day, which we, you know, have got pretty close a couple of times, you know, it's not going to break our, you know, our, uh, our uh, pipeline. Yeah. Something that comes to mind, you know, a lot of times you get into a business and th- that scale, like that scale is not possible for you guys without hiring people. So you go from you guys to maybe a couple of core people and then you said, what, like 50 people? Well, that's COVID people, but at, typically at point, we're about 40 people top to bottom. Yeah. That's sewing and, and sales. So I wonder what have you guys, what has been most challenging for you and what are you learning in that challenge in terms of the transition from being, you know, the startup feel entrepreneurs to actually overseeing a decently a decent sized team of people i think that that is we've been able to be successful at that by hiring the right people um if you hire the wrong people you're going to be managing those people every day we've got a great team and we trust them um we send them everywhere and and feel i feel fine with them carrying the blue delta banner that's on our sales team and on our our team here in in Tupelo. Um, And so um, that 
you know, I, I learned that early on from previous experiences. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I'm going to surround myself with people smarter than me. And um, we've been able to do that, except for Nick. He was the first one. <laughs> um, but like, uh, you know, I, I'll just, you know, give us some examples. Our, our pattern maker, our chief design officer, Johnson Benjamin. Uh, Johnson's just now 30 years old, so go back to 2012 and think about how young he is when we hired him. You know, he um, well, had to learn his his job on the on the fly, but we we found him. He he had a bag company. He was already making patterns for for a bag. He knew more about jeans than we did. Johnson's developed into an awesome chief design officer. Um, we've got. A, story after story after story of, of people like that that we brought on we've been able to tap into mississippi state's fashion merchandising program we've got two hires from the 2018 graduating class that work for us now they've been awesome and so i think um and and then on the sewing side i rely on those people to make the right hires you know i i, I do not know if this person needs to be Double needling or surging. <laughs> uh, so if I if if we try to micromanage everything, it's just it's not going to work. So I, I've had to learn how to just back off and let the the people we hired to do it make the right decisions. And to Josh's point, you know, n- nobody's really qualified to be a CEO of a blue jean company. N- nobody's qualified to be the pattern maker. You know, we're inventing, you know, we're building this plane as yeah. we're trying to fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hiring the right people that can that can figure it out and that and that uh, yeah and that you can trust to get the job done that's one good that's one good thing that we've been able to do is create a culture and uh, our leadership team uh, is still the same. There's, 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 there's a uh, four leadership that were in the junkyard that are still there today. All four of those were actually from South Pontiac school too. So we've known those since we were 10 as well. Uh, but we still have two of our seniors from there. So we, we, you know, generally create a good work environment where, where we, we, we got the right people don't want to leave. And we've been able to, uh, to, uh, to, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, attract some good people from AJ from over here. Y'all actually uh, oh, yeah. did a tour and one of y'all's interns is actually uh, a rising star in our company uh, and we've been able to uh, use him and fly him all over the world. But we got him from you guys. Yeah, you know? he, was, he was an intern and he wasn't even supposed to go on that tour, but it was uh, a tour and he said, can I go? And the rest is history. AJ's a good kid. Man, great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Georgia, right? We're from yes, Georgia? Sir. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Sir. But, you know, I, I mean, uh, he has done events from Aspen to Cabo, you, you, you name it. You, you can send him anywhere. And uh, he's a lean engineer, so uh, he has helped us to manufacture on the back end and then also help, you know, run the, the business to development. And that's one good thing. Josh bounces on the front of the house and the back of the house. Uh, I don't do so much on the back of the house house but uh everybody wears a lot of different hats and so hiring the right people like we said is definitely one of the things of why blue delta has been successul and building a culture of all hands on deck we've we've done that for nobody ever says that's not my job yeah that's would never be said you know in our or they, or it wouldn't be their job that's a that's a powerful thing it's everybody's job for sure so when you wake up in the morning guys uh, what drives you it, I, I love like a, it's a black Chevy 
<laughs> you know, I think I, I just I have fun doing what we do. Um, I I never feel like, man, I don't want to go into the office. I never feel like that. Um, and you know, I, we try to not make work too serious. We're it's we're making jeans. You know, it's not. No one's going to die if the order does not get shipped. I want my employees to feel like they will, but but it's not. It's fine. You know, it's going to be okay. And so uh, we were. We get to work with fun people. We like Nick said. We surround ourselves with a lot of guys we went to high school and college with. A lot of books will tell you not to do that, but we we did it because we trust them, and they're like brothers. We can we can get down and dirty and chew them out if we don't like what they're doing and they can do the same to us when we're not, you know, yeah. performing. And so it, it makes for a really open, you know, very flat organizational chart that I like to be a part of. It's, it feels like a bunch of guys and girls coming to do a cool thing rather than go into the office to plug away another day. I've been there before too. So I know how lucky we are to have this moment where people want to buy what we're making and we hope that last. Uh, I can honestly say that I feel like I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't necessarily think that's blue jeans. I don't necessarily think it's mask, but it is creating jobs. And we are creating these small bubbles of economy. You know, we are purchasing fabric from Georgia. You know, we, you know, you know, we know the guys at, uh, at the Georgia mill, you know, you know, we see the, uh, you know, you know, we, uh, we, uh, we, uh, see our seamstress kids pictures and their grandchildren's, uh, pictures, you know, we are affecting, you know, their lives, you know, when we pull into the parking lot and you can't find a parking spot anymore. Like, I, I mean, I grin. You know, because I mean, because if you don't get there early, then you're probably going to have to double park right now. You know, and this. And we remember when there was a lot of room at the junkyard. (laughs) There was just two and three cars there many nights. Right. And we've, you know, and uh, we've been to the point where we were, you know, you know, fighting to make payroll, living, you know, hand to mouth, month to month, you know, didn't know, you know, didn't know what we were going to do to, you know, keep going, you know. This is not that anymore. You know, now it's, you know, now it's fun to get up in the morning and go and see what, you know, and uh, see what we can create, see what we can do. And uh, it's, uh, this is the American dream. So our, you know, you asked what drives us. Our, our, we talk, you know, we still a lot from Toyota. I I listen to their um, management style for so long, but they know what they're saying. And, And when people ask what's next, what's next, what are you doing? What drives you? We just say, we really want to get better every day. And we've, driven that into our people there's that doesn't happen always i have days that aren't better than the day before but our product i'm glad to say has gotten better year after year after year it it really has and that's to the testament of our our design team and our manufacturing team they really are getting better at making uh the best gene in the world and that's what we're trying to do I mean, a lot of lessons that we can see in leadership, and I I think it goes down to what y'all just said is, you know, uh, what can I do better each day? And and you you navigated through COVID. I know we're not done with COVID, but um, you navigated those waters, but also just starting a business all the way back in, in 
in 2010, fall of 2010 with that phone call to, to where you are today. So we thank you for being the leaders uh, here in North Mississippi mm-hmm. and in the Tupelo area, but really being the leaders in, in your industry that, that people look to across the globe. So that's, that's an important thing and something that we can all look towards as an example. So we thank you for that, for yeah. sure. Thank you guys for sitting down with us. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you all for having us. It was fun. Absolutely. Absolutely.